Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello? Well, hello, Bob. How's it going? How are you? I'm doing good. Do I sound okay? You sound perfect. You sound absolutely perfect. Okay. I put put a moving blanket over my window. I'm in my home studio, so it's it's new and and shiny. Well, okay. (laughs) I'm in my home (laughs) studio as well. You know, period. This is your first time using Anchor. Yes, so it is. See, it's pretty easy. It's, it's not as hard as people make it think. See, well, I my um, my podcast, the next on stage one, is on Podbean. So, mm-hmm. so since I I was joining Anchor anyway, I figured I'd start up my my next project. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I was on Podbean first, but I just got tired of Podbean. I just went with Anchor wow. <laughs> because yeah. because. It one that you, you can monetize for free. Mm-hmm. Damn, they're giving you a, a fucking uh anchor commercial before the anchor commercial. But anyway, um, you can podcast. It's for free. You can monetize for free. Get your stuff distributed, and and it's easy to use. You know, I mean, even with Podbean, I was like, I'm gonna give one. I had a hard time keeping up with the damn bill out this month because I said, Nah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> So, so I gave up the first podcast I had and focused on this one in my Patreon podcast. Why so, didn't you switch your first one over to Anchor? At the time, I didn't know how to do it, and oh, then okay. once I started up the Smokers Lounge, I was like, "Nah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm gravy." You know, period. And and I've been with Anchor ever since, and I love it. How has your week been? My week has been fantastic, uh, except for that I found out that the Twitter spaces that I've been hosting for Project Podcast, um, I, I can't get any recordings from it. So yeah. now I have to start from I have to start from the beginning, and I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. St- oh yeah, starting a, starting a new um, podcast project is uh, it's kind of intimidating, even though I've been doing this for a year now. Yes, because um, I tried to do what was it, Spotify Green Room? Yeah. And the first two episodes, I got I got the recording. Okay. After that, didn't get the recordings, and then one time it completely booted me off. So I said, you know, some fuck Spotify Green Room, <laughs> and it's... I haven't tried the space yet. But go ahead. I I can't remember what um, Spotify Green Room was before, but it's uh, it was mostly for sports. So yeah. when Spotify took it over, it just they kept being sports rooms. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. a sports on there. 
So, but I say, I, 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 once I guess out here that they didn't got the bugs straight, I'll go back. But I'll be dang, I'm going to sit here and do a two-hour interview or show, and I can't even give it to the masses because, you know, because exactly. live. Exactly. Yes. And I hate that stuff. <laughs> yes. So let me do my particulars, and we can get this thing on the road. Okay, Miss Lady? Fantastic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smokers Lounge here on Anchor, the perfect app for anyone who's trying to start their own podcasting career. All you have to do is go to the app store, download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm and get yourself a profile. You can start podcasting today. You can monetize those podcasts and get them distributed, and all this is for free. So go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app and get yourself a profile today. I am your host, Kevin Norvis of a champ, a.k.a. the porn rap star. Y'all know what it is. You can find my porn links, my music links, and my social media links all with one link. I'm talking about all my links.com backslash porn rap star. Come into the world of the porn rap star and find everything in one spot. We are sponsored by the Facebook of the LS community. I'm talking about lsworld.com. Go there today, get yourself a profile and start your journey into the life of kink, BDSM, swinging, poly, you name it. They got, they even got a listing of events that you might could attend in your area to help you along your journey. So go to lsworld.com and start your journey into the life. And we also a proud member of the GW District Black Podcasting Network. I'm talking about multiple podcasts giving you different perspectives of the black experience. Plus, while you're there, you can get different products from over 500 black retailers. I'm talking about beauty, health, fashion, jewelry, books. Yes, that's right, books. We're talking about paperback and audio. And what I'm talking about shopgwdistrict.com where you got the opportunity to buy products from over 500 black owned retailers so go to shopgwdistrict.com buy black support black businesses build the black economy to create generational wealth and also y'all know what it is every monday night on k97 fm the radio station for porn we're talking about monday night smoke every monday at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You get to hear me and a lovely lady at my interview or a Smoke Buddy episode on the radio. So go to K97FM.com every Monday and check me out on Monday Night Smoke. And plus, also, you might want to stay there because every day of the week, there's a new podcast. I'm talking about NK Tribe Chat. I'm talking about Hanky Panky Podcast. I'm talking about Naked News. This is AVN Radio, K97FM.com. Now I'm about to shut up and let my guest introduce herself. Go ahead. Well, thank you for the introduction. My name is Pixie. I am the hostess of Next On Stage One podcast, Denver's number one adult entertainment nightlife podcast. Me and my co-host, Mr. J, we have over 40 years in the adult industry strippers and we talk about all the things that uh go bump in the night <laughs> yeah <laughs> most, most definitely most definitely so with that being said how did you become a stripper well i became a stripper out of necessity when you mm -hmm. are uh 18 with a brand new baby and you have no life skills sometimes you think that hey 
I bet I could shake it. I bet I know what sexy yeah. is. And, and I bet I could make some money. Well, I was wrong. I was dumb. <laughs> Stripping is not as easy as we all thought it, you know, everybody thinks it is. It, it takes a lot of work to, like, hone your craft and be able to successfully make money. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So tell us about the first time you was in the strip club. Your first. OK. Okay. So I live in Denver, Colorado. And for your listeners that may not be uh, somebody who frequents Denver, I worked at a place called Kimberly's and it was okay. a juice bar. And the juice mm. bar had one stage and a juice bar is a completely nude strip club. There is no alcohol. They only sell juice and you're and you're supposed to push these these drinks to these guys. And uh, okay. it, was it was a very dark and seedy looking club with the high mm. back red booths and uh, one stage, one pole with a like a landing strip behind the stage. And mm. it was it was very um, it was very smoker friendly, so it was very dark and seedy. Yeah. Um, I I didn't have the proper shoes. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was young and cute. And they're like, mm -hmm. all, all we need you to do is go up on stage, take your top off, and dance for two songs. It's like, mm -hmm. I think I can do that. I really do. And they're like, yep. <laughs> all right, go ahead. I get up there. I dance. I I make some money up on stage mm -hmm. i'm like oh i got this um uh, i i looked really cute and young and innocent they picked they helped me pick my name which is pixie and mm -hmm. <laughs> and i danced to like some you know some big hair band rock and roll music and i oh. I, I had a great time it, these big old clunky wedged shoes and I, I i thought i was cute i had full back panties on i get mm -hmm. off and the lady she goes you're hired but next time you go up on stage, we need you to go completely nude. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my Lord. And it was it it was one of those things that you kind of have to warm up to. Not everybody mm -hmm. can stand on a stage and get butt ass naked. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it does take a, a certain kind of person to be able to be free with themselves, if you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so it was like so as you became more comfortable in your skin, you became better. Oh, yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was... I, I learned how to talk to people. I learned how to look people in the eye. I learned how to sell drinks. I learned how to market myself. And mm -hmm. I learned, how, you know, I learned how to, you know, carry myself in such a way that did make money. I made money yeah. because I was young, cute, and I had perky tits. But that only gets you so far. <laughs> yeah, because what people don't realize is that even with stripping, you got to be able to. It, it's 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 a business, no different than porn. Oh yeah, and oh, that yeah. that you got to market yourself. At some point, many girls end up becoming featured dancers where they travel across the country. I actually interview mm -hmm. with you, you know. Mm -hmm. Period. So, with, when did it click in your head that I need to take this and make this a business kind of enterprise versus me just dancing? Well, I've always thought of it as you know a business as a hustle as the mm. next thing because that's what i had i i i had my own baby i i had my own house i had my own car i paid for everything and had no no support 
So mm-hmm. it was a it was a make or break, a do or die kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and when you get into that kind of lifestyle, as I'm sure that you know, you hustle hard. You do not yes. let you do not let some other person tell you how to do it. You know, you just kind of pick things up and you just keep running with it. And and I just I think I really hit my stride probably um, early 20s, probably about 23, 24. And mm-hmm. from there, um, I was doing I was doing video. I was doing pictures. I was mm-hmm. I was doing private parties. I was doing whatever it took to keep my head above water. And I I was succeeding. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And to she was fine to say, and you I could tell you got a big booty. I do so, I do now. I didn't have a big booty. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're growing gas. So, so so let me let me explain this. Um in the nineties, because I'm an older dancer, in the nineties, mm-hmm. everybody was tall, blonde, long legged. Yeah. They had, the, they had the thongs up to their freaking elbows. You know, <laughs> big yes, hair club. And, and no, no, no boobs unless they were fake boobs and definitely mm-hmm. no ass. And everybody yeah. looked like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. everybody except for me, who was small, like I, ha- I, I've always had big boobs, but I didn't really have an ass. So mm-hmm. for, for like my 20s, super adorable. I looked like a little pixie, big, bo- mm-hmm. big boobs, no ass. Um, very, very cute. I'm five foot and I was about 105 pounds soaking wet, red hair. Ooh, okay. So, so I was adorable. Everybody, mm-hmm. people love me because I, I'm bubbly and I, and I'm, I'm out there going and talking to people. And then mm-hmm. as, as I progressively learned the craft, um, I started working my body in different ways. I learned how to do the pole. I learned how to mm-hmm. do different techniques. I, I built I built sort of this repertoire of things that I could do in a show that helped mm-hmm. me make more money. Like I learned how to do comedy <laughs> mm-hmm. because that, that goes a long way. Public speaking mm-hmm. skills really help, you know, elevate you. And as I'm yeah. learning this, this, this culture, this, this thing uh, in Denver, I, I sort of started building like my backside. It took a while. Mm-hmm. Like it took, it, it took two children and I didn't really get a booty until like I was 30. <laughs> mm-hmm. So well, cause you, cause, cause you probably was squatting so much that you couldn't <laughs> yeah. help but get a booty. So. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, women who dance and take care of themselves in the industry they are they're beautiful and strong and you have no idea they get pro- i know some women death to snooze they'll, they'll just totally get you with their thighs and just squish you really well mm. and that's because they've built all of this nice core strength a, a dancer mm. she's not going to last very long if she doesn't take care of her body if she's not oh. you know you know working on her craft i mean these girls they you you're talking about girls who are in five inch heels dancing for about six to seven hours a night. Mm-hmm. They are going to be in beautiful shape. <laughs> and, and, and then take into account if they're a pole worker, because oh, yeah. just, oh, yeah. just, just the body control alone to do some of the tricks these girls do 
take some serious strength. Mm-hmm. You know, I can make it on my best day. I can pretend yeah. it though. I, I, <laughs> I can work a focus man now. Don't get it twisted. They just ain't a uh, cup of tea of strippers. You never see a male stripper work a pole. No, he no. Pole. <laughs> uh, male strippers are more um, dominating. They're more thrusting. They're more power moves. And women yeah. are more sexy, sensual, and sensual shaking. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're more um, submissive almost. Mm-hmm. Fan base is different because the women are oh, more rapid than the men. <laughs> I went to a. I actually said I actually had to perform when I was doing music. I had to perform at a at a male strip review, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing girls coming up there with their rent money in stacks of hundreds, just throwing it at the dude hard. God day. <laughs> I'm seeing oh, her like yeah. that rabbit, you know. Why the men and they up on it? Why the men? You know, we sit back, we chilling, drinking, we want the lap dance. You know what I'm saying? Girls, no, they grab the dude, bring him for the lap dance. No, like, uh, <laughs> girls are vicious. You want to talk yeah. about a hungry eyes. I'm telling you, uh, Grandma Mabel, she's she's going to be one of those. She don't give two fucks about what she's doing. She is grabbing you uh, in mm. places that you you didn't want to be grabbed, and she is she is taking control and she, <laughs> literally shoving her hand with that money into that phone. <laughs> See, with a walk out of these people, when the stripper oh, yeah. come out, the walker, come in, youngster. <laughs> I got a hundred. Oh, yeah, come here, boy. God damn oh. it. Let's do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it's two different types of dynamics. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the whole the whole atmosphere of being in the nightlife is just, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind positive thing mm-hmm. for me. And I've absolutely loved everything about it. Oh yeah. I, I can believe it because um, even within the, the stripper realm, like it's funny, even in the competition behind the scenes, how the girls mm-hmm. be like really competitive, which I get it. Cause it's for money. Cause, y- Cause y'all making money or what have you. So in your time in the game, how competitive was it backstage with the ladies? Well, a a good dancer is going to build girls around her. A good dancer mm-hmm. is going to try and replicate a troupe. She doesn't want just to be the number one individual girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, being an individual girl is going to make you a lot of money, but it's also going to get a lot of uh, hens in the hen house clucking at you. So oh, yeah. So instead of doing that, you kind of want to build a couple of girls that are willing to make money with you and talk a good game and build you up. Because if you can do that, you don't have to be a number 10 in the club. You can be a a five, a six or a seven and still make really good money without Mm -hmm. getting all the hate. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. And, and, and plus, on top of that, when you have a girl troop, it's easier for you to get bachelor parties. Because mm-hmm. now, guess what? I get that finder's fee. On, I get that finder's fee on top of you paying me for showing up. As mm-hmm. well as the, you know, period. So, and, and if you can find but, a girl that trusts you to go on a bachelor party, she's got mm-hmm. your back. I mean, mm-hmm. never go alone on a bachelor party. Uh, even if you Even if you have to tell the guys, hey, look. I brought a friend because four boobs are better than two. 
and it'll make the time go much faster in a bachelor party. <laughs> so how so how better your dancing got over the years? Oh, it got so much better. I I learned how to keep eye contact. I learned a lot of different tricks. I I made mm. my own tricks. I was able to Ooh. like talk to people. It uh. it it elevated and I didn't have to work as hard. I was working okay. smarter. I was able to mm. be able to read a room, talk to people, spend my time wisely where I wasn't just going out and getting shots. When I was younger, it was it was shots, it was having fun. When I when I um as I matured, it was more spending time with the customers that valued me so mm -hmm. I could give better customer service. And two, now, one of the things that I always talk to with girls in the industry is that a lot of girls, they make it a point to focus on the new customer. But they forget about the regulars. Speak to ladies paying more attention to their regulars versus new customers. And why is that very important? New customers are important, but you never want to burn your burn your regulars. You don't mm -hmm. want to burn your regulars by over texting them. If it's a Friday or Saturday night, leave your regulars like let them be. Bring them in on a Monday or a Tuesday when you mm -hmm. can just spend time with your regulars because your regulars are going to feel more valued when you say, mm -hmm. "Hey, I know it's a Friday night." Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to come in, you can come in, but you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to give you the time that you deserve. Mm -hmm. So putting your customers ahead of, of, of whatever you, if you think it's going to make you more money, it's not because then you're going to be spent between on a Friday night. You're going to be trying to run around, trying to get all of these people together to get to your stage. But if you can focus mm -hmm. on that, having that regular there on a night like a Monday or a Tuesday, you can really mm -hmm. benefit and go deeper with that regular. So basically you train your base. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, that's why I say it, it's the, the game of porn and stripping is, is pretty much the same. Almost. Mm -hmm. It's just one is where we're fucking y'all is just stripping and dancing. Some of y'all do fuck because of VIP, but that's a story for another day. But, right. <laughs> but I'm a but, uh, I'm a vanilla stripper, so when mm -hmm. when people mm -hmm. ask me th things like I I have to be real with them, I have to tell them I'm like, look, I'm I'm a fantasy. I, I'm mm -hmm. the person you come in and you have a joke and you have a drink with. Maybe we're mm -hmm. having chicken wings. May maybe we're just having a good time. I'm that fantasy, and mm -hmm. I I respect. Everybody that is willing to put themselves out there and take mm. care, take charge of their own money in their own hands. Because instead of uh, doing sexy dances for mm. whatever you like to make, you could be out there working a McDonald's. You could be breaking your back and hurting yourself. So I like the fact that women and men are able to work smarter not harder and yeah. I, I i don't really like the people that throw shade on those people that are willing to work a different way um mm -hmm. because because we all have some sort we we all have a different thoughts and feelings about this industry and i have mm -hmm. i've never had truly a bad 
I've had a couple of bad nights, but nothing that would stop me from being part of the community. Because the thing of it is, is which, because you're in a different level of the game, because of course you've never done adult film, am I correct? I did do adult film, yes. But it was- Oh a, God. It was more amateur than, um, it, was, it wasn't anything like, I, I think it, there might be a couple of videos me on VHS. <laughs> oh god yeah doesn't <laughs> read it it's a sex tape <laughs> sex tape so, yeah yeah so, back so, when they called it sex tapes <laughs> yeah so i know there was pressure being thrown at you to break into the industry on that mm. side of the industry there's um, always pressure there's always mm-hmm. and and like new girls get in thinking that there's going to be so much money and they get swept mm. away by these tiktok videos or they, mm-hmm. they see a movie that that encompass what they think that's going to happen on stage. You know, guys mm-hmm. just busting out just hundreds, you know, just dollars all over their stage. And that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, they'll watch Players Club and thought they yeah, were dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and instead of that, um, if, a, if a girl was to get into the industry, I would probably suggest that she find somebody to go with her, that she... Mm-hmm learns how the club it works because not mm. all the clubs are the same you get you go down one of two paths every time you enter into a strip club you can mm. you can go in there and have fun you can be reasonable you can watch your drinks mm. you can you can make a lot of money or you can go in there and just go balls to the wall <laughs> oh most definitely most definitely <laughs> so with that being said you now became a podcaster i do to, to this genre so i last year during the pandemic um we were all working everything was fine um the things were coming down and and colorado decides to shut bars and restaurants down so we Mm. were the first people to basically lose our jobs i was i was a Mm. waitress slash dancer so so i sort of I was there all the way till the last day that we could work. And mm-hmm. with uncertainty, I, I had, as any really good stripper does, have a, a, a slush fund set aside because you never know when a rainy day is going to hit. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, it's going to be a couple of months. We're going to lock down. We're, we're going to take care of everything. Everything's going to be fine and we'll be back up and running. Well, month after month after month of it not coming back, I had to find, well, I had to learn new skills. I had to find a new job. I had to do all of these different things and not waste my money on frivolous stuff. Um, And I just, I kind of reconnected with my my old boss, Mr. J. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Hold on. I reconnected with my boss and he's like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And his idea was um, he wanted to do like a pop culture podcast. And I said, why don't we do a podcast about strippers? And he said, that's a great idea because he mm-hmm. has 20 years in the industry. I have mm-hmm. 20 years in the industry. I was like, let's get together and do this. And I didn't go. I sort of went back to stripping, but it it felt different. They had plexiglass mm-hmm. around the stages. Uh, everybody yeah. had to wear their proper stuff. And I, I didn't feel like it was, 
I didn't feel like it was meant for me. Mm -hmm. So instead of going back to the club and, and doing all of this stuff, because now I'm, well, I'm 41 now, I, I decided that I was going to retire and I was going to go into podcasting. <laughs> I don't mean to because, because you sounded like me, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people started in podcasting just last year. Yeah, it's, actually. I, I did it out of, um, I want to hang out with my good friend. I want to talk about the stuff that I enjoy. And mm -hmm. I could talk for hours about strippers. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of made sense. And I've yeah. met a lot of people along the way. Yeah, yeah, because I got the opportunity to meet you because I ran across you, I think, on... God, where did I run across you? <laughs> I'm and everywhere. Then I followed, <laughs> yeah, then I followed you on Twitter, what have you. And then I saw you was a redhead. I got to think redheads. But, um, but it was like, I took a list of the podcast. I was like, okay, I like this. I like this. And like, similar to you, same with me. If the pandemic hit, the game of porn was changing. I was already mm -hmm. getting somewhat tired because I've been to business close to 20 years. 20 years in the business, 14 is a talent. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, do I want to stay doing this business? Because I am about to turn 45. And, and then, too, watching Joe Buttons and watching the YouTubers. And then, originally, it posed been a wrestling podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's quite the different podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're still in the worst of doing that, that project with my man Billy Pilgrim. Shots out to him. Um, but what ended up happening was, of course, Trump and me spouting at the radio and stuff. And then I always make the joke, which is true, because I said, why should I talk to myself when I can talk to people, talk, talk mm -hmm. on the mic? And because I knew I was retiring... So you, you had to say, mm-hmm, that shit sounds sexy as hell. But anyway, <laughs> so because I was already contemplating retirement, I said, what can I do in place of it? And podcasting, there it was. So, and I've been doing it ever since. Originally, I wasn't trying to do any porn topics. But I did one was talking about dating a sex worker. And I saw the, the downloads I got. I said, well, maybe they want to hear about this shit. <laughs> it's one of those taboo topics that that really isn't that bad. It, yeah. You get down to the brass tacks of it. These ladies are and gentlemen are the same as everybody else. They just yes. choose to let their naughty side free. You know, mm -hmm. and and as long as they're consenting adults and they're not hurting each other and they're having fun with it, it mm -hmm. it's not, it's nobody else's business, but that person and, and what they do. And that's, mm -hmm. that's how I see life. You know, mm -hmm. um, keep, keep your, keep your nose out of the window. You don't have to know everything that everybody's doing and then mm -hmm. just enjoy life. I, and I feel like we kind of got away from that. And yeah. <laughs> I, and I love being able to talk to people on podcasts, you know, online. I, I think it's just this podcasting thing is just such a good thing to be able to yeah. talk to and hear other people's experiences. Because I think, honestly, we're creating a genre because I call oh, yeah. it I call it actually podcast because we're talking sex work and we're 
talking behind the scenes, the business end of it, the fun of it, and all that in ways that other podcasts don't. And then, two, also what made me start doing interviews with many of the girls was I listened to Fresh and Fit and I listened to Kevin Samson. And I listened to many of the podcasts that bring the OnlyFans girls on. And they they don't pick girls that take the business serious and treat it as a career. They pick the girls that they're fly by nighters. And what I mean by fly by nighters is they're just here to make a little a little bit of money. And then as soon as they find a boyfriend or they get a kid or they get a nine to five, they out. They, right. they, they, they think they, it's, it's not easy, but they jump in, they make yeah. they make a couple of bucks. Uh they tell their their friends, oh, oh, I'm on, I'm on OnlyFans. You should follow me. And then they find out it's too hard work, and they dump it. Mm, yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Even if they do do good money, you know, period, they find things about the industry that they're like, wait a second, I wasn't mm-hmm. planning to do all that. To, you know, period. They, and they I, were planning on making it a business. <laughs> bingo. You know, so they were looking at this little side hustle, like I'm gonna sell a little bit of weed for. Months, and then I'm gonna stop talking to job until until that job don't come out of this piece, you know. Period. But to me, but what happened was they want to ask these girls about investments and business and how you treat this career. And these girls ain't thinking five or ten years; they're barely thinking tomorrow. Right? They won't grab Sarah J. They won't grab a uh, girl like Sam Singh, do who is a porn star and a featured dancer as well as a champion exotic dancer and mm-hmm. also about to become an actress they, they don't grab a Lisa Ann, a Lisa Ann who has been a fucking icon of this business or even go grab a Jenna James you know they grabbed the little cute girl from OnlyFans that she didn't even know there was other sites other than OnlyFans <laughs> yeah yeah she, she's never been on a couple of uh, adult entertainment sites other than fans only and i feel like a lot of girls um when they do get into that they kind of pigeonhole themselves into only one thing instead of hey you know i can sell these clips here and i can sell these clips here and then i can Mm -hmm. make a package here and i can bundle everything and and kind of resell the same stuff Mm -hmm. to to get it out to more people making more money yeah, and and the biggest and I think and, and part of that is because when you had a celebrity stepped into the platform, it made it seem easy because they're not realizing. And, and it was said if you if you in the business, you know I ain't broke. If you're not in the business, yeah, I'm broke. Mm. Them not being in the business or even talking to somebody in the business, what they see is. They're not thinking that this celebrity who's walking on this platform already have a hellified base to make money off of. Oh yeah. Plus, you, you know not, not only not only do they have a base, but they have a team of individuals that are a makeup mm-hmm. artist, a costume artist, somebody to do their hair, you know, somebody yeah. to hold the damn light every time you take a new picture. Like they have a yeah. team of individuals right there behind them, and then as soon mm-hmm. as they post something like. I, there's a whole bunch of celebrities like they'll post that little black bikini oh my goodness and it and it becomes news but then if you yeah. post a little black bikini it's not huge news so it, oh, it's no. hard it's, it's a couple of likes on the Twitter feed <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> you know, period. But see, but see, if, if that's the reason why I my podcast changed like that, and what I love about your podcast, is because I said this before. Because we're in the sex business, they don't respect the sex worker's mind. Right, and and, and I think that's the that's the way we need to be like changing people and talking to mm-hmm. people. Um, I know my demographic for my show. And it's not women, I can tell you that. Yeah. So I'm not changing women's minds about other women. I'm changing mm. men's minds of how they perceive the dancer that they're tipping. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's really hard to be able to get like your word out, but you got to keep bringing people in that are doing good in the industry, and you got to keep talking to those those lovely individuals every single time. Oh yeah. So what did you learn from being in the stripper field that helped you when it came to podcasting? I think it was it was really just about having a conversation with another human being. I mean, mm-hmm. when you when we used to go into the bar and we used to sit down and talk to one another and if somebody said something dumb or foolish, you were able to to laugh at them and say, hey, is that really how you feel? And you'd be able to get Mm -hmm. down and dirty on an individual level. So like Mm -hmm. you and I, we're having a discussion, but other people are listening in. And Mm -hmm. I I like that. I like that that your listeners and my listeners as well, they're not dummies. They're willing to go on this journey and have this deep conversation, even though we're talking about some spicy subjects, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it, and it can be a lot of fun. And I think that's what helped me in the, in the striptease agency, bring it over Mm -hmm. to the podcasting because I can still have these deep discussions and I can also say, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I just saw boobs, you know, in the studio because this girl, she flashed me, you know, Mm -hmm. or I can, (laughs) or I can talk about stupid things like, does the carpet match the drapes, you know, or I can tell like a, a deep discussion of how I got hit with a chair, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these things, the strip club helped me be able to refine and talk to people. Yeah, because even with my with with me being in the film business, what it helped me with podcasting is one patience because this mm. is a long game. And the one thing I learned when I walked in and I said to myself, I can't worry about numbers because I'm not gonna get numbers at first. You know, right. period. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> and I had to look at my growth, you know, period. And what you were about to say? I was going to say, at first, you're talking to yourself in the podcast. Mm-hmm. You are your first and only listener in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're the one that if you enjoy it and you, you love it, you're going to make the next one. And if you vibe with that episode, you're going to tell other people. And they vibe with that episode, they're going to tell other people. And then it's going to grow. But in the beginning... It's just you and a microphone. Yes. And it's so therapeutic. It is. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> I can have a bad day. Come on there and just, just talk away. You know, yes. because it's just funny as fuck because everything that happened with my podcast was organic. Even to 
how the lounge came about, how the Patreon came about, the subjects came about, even to the co-hosts. You know, because I'm one, I'm, at first I was going to say I was not going to do interviews because I was like, I don't want to talk to no damn body. But then <laughs> after a while I said, well, after I did one, I kind of liked it. I said, oh, I kind of like right. bouncing You kind of get hooked, don't you? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it's kind of like with, with podcasting, I told people it's the new music because to me, you have to be very talented to keep somebody's attention for an hour or yes. two yes. or three. And you got to be entertaining as fuck. And if the conversation kind of uh, drops down, you got to be yes. able to reason with yourself and say, okay, it's time to wrap it up. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then uh, with me, with interviews is pulling it out of people. That's exactly. the kicker with interviews because it's like, especially if you got somebody that's not that great talker, it's finding what they're willing to talk about to get them to talk. It's like, it, it's a lot that I've learned. But see, I also watched a lot of people. Like, before you jumped into it, how much did you watch others to see how they do it? Oh, I, ha- I have a list of people I love to listen to on podcasts. And I, okay. di- I didn't even think that 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 that's where I wanted to go. I just kept listening and listening. And I was like, you know what? This could be a thing. We started with one of those blue snowballs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think every podcast, I think that has to be the bare minimum. Uh, You know, a blue snowball in the middle of the kitchen. Oh my goodness. Shoot. So, and then also, like I said, I I know you're, you're, uh, studio a little bit more advanced than mine. We, well, well, like I said, we have two studios now. I have the oh. studio at Mr. J's, which is a full-fledged studio, and then now I have a home studio so I can do individual recordings with people. Oh, most definitely. So as you progress in the podcasting, what's the one thing you're learning so far? That the community is what helps you learn and grow. The, mm-hmm. At first, it feels like it's just you and a microphone, but then as you progress into Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you find out that there's this whole community of people, just like the sex work community. There's people mm-hmm. that you can lean on, you can talk to, you can be like, hey, is it supposed to go this way? And then you can kind of gauge and, and feel how other people are, you know, how they're doing their podcast. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And also I look, what the fuck is up with all this podcasting beef? I mean I'm just be like, I'm talking about on the big on the big level. It's like at our level to a certain extent, we, we don't run into that. If we probably as we become bigger, because I know there's something that will happen. But it was just funny when I listened to like the up like the big time podcasters the beef they be having with each other and the issues. I'm like, how are you beef and you're a podcaster? I... Well, well, you don't you don't become famous till you get your first one star on Apple I, uh, Apple <laughs> Podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm still waiting to get a, a, a fourth of one out of this beef. <laughs> uh, we, we've gotten a one star from mm. another podcaster and it was... It it was really trashy, and I was all like, "Hey, look, you know, um, mm. I, 
I, I didn't like it. I didn't like what happened, but I took mm. it. I took that one star and I posted that that terrible, terrible review up. And I was all like, look, look at this review. And I was mm. like, hey, can I get everybody to look at, put, put your eyeballs on this. And then mm. can I get everybody to give us your own review mm. and counteract that one star? Because it's going to... I still have a 4.9 on Apple and it mm -hmm. takes, you never get that. You never get back to five ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this guy, he really did us dirty. Um, mm -hmm. I had him retract it. He, he said he didn't do it, but he told his co-host that he did. And it was, it, it was just a big shit show. <laughs> and, and to me, it's kind of like when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, it ain't that serious. I mean, right. uh, granted, I didn't had a bad in I didn't had a bad interview um before. One luckily. And what it the interview itself wasn't bad, it was the after effect because she got mad because the way that I do my podcast I pre-record mm -hmm. and I schedule it. And because mm -hmm. I'm doing bonus smoke Fridays I have interviews that's going into next year. So I told her it would probably be, I told her when it's going to drop, whatever. even with trying to work with her to drop it around the time of the first exotic in, in, in uh, what is Zodica? What Zodica was that one? That was mm -hmm. the Exotica for New Jersey. I said, I'll drop it around the time of New Zodica, New Jersey. She told me, oh no, um, uh -uh. don't even use my interview. Don't even use my interview. You're nothing. You're nothing like this. She was talking about one other podcast. I said, "You're right. I'm not like them, because I have you ladies come on here talking like you're intelligent, talking like you're a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. I don't have you sitting here gargling or swallowing a fucking banana, because <laughs> we know you just suck a dick. <laughs> we want to know how you think. That's what people want to know. You know. Period. So, so one, the, one way ahead. you can do to um, counterbalance that. Um, before mm. you do your interviews, just set up like reasonable expectations. Hey, look, mm. I'm looking to have you on my podcast. This is how long the podcast is going to go. Um, mm. I, I, I have my podcast set up. Oh no, I told her all that. No, no, okay. I told her all that. I even explained. I, and she's when, all like, I, no. <laughs> no, she just wanted me to drop the thing the next day. Oh, God. And yeah. I said I can't do that. I said no, and and it was going to drop this month anyway you feel oh. me and this is like about three four months ago you know period. but i also told even, her, i said go we ahead. don't even release the next day when me yeah. and mr j record it takes like it takes at least a full day of editing before yeah. we can even get something to put out yeah uh, that's hard so, that's real hard and, and 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 to me and too i have a system of doing it because Bonus Smoke Friday. This is my interviews. I'm not going to mm -hmm. change what I do for this model, you know. Period. I was willing to, you know, you know, what was would be flexible, but she won't even right. hearing that. And so when she told me to take that down, she said, "You can't use." It. I said, "Oh no, boo boo, it's getting used. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's getting used. It's a good interview. Tough." She was like, "Okay, just use it." So I was like, "All right," and I blocked yeah. her. <laughs> But the point being is, is that um, it's, it's one of the things which porn also taught me is 
because when you deal in adult film, you deal with the flakes, you deal with the attitudes. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, and think I'm dealing with women. Yeah. And try to get them <laughs> to come shoot, whether it's for content trade or even pay. And even if you're paying them good, they still gonna walk in like they divas, they got attitudes, you know, period. So just like just like with any field of the sex work, there's headaches that you deal with. Right, you know, and, and even, setting up reasonable expectations still doesn't—it uh, still doesn't stop the pitfalls of fallout yeah. from a, another. Was she another podcaster, or was she no. just another lady in the she, industry? She, she was a lady in the industry. Okay. Actually, she ain't even done really truthful. She hadn't done any true professional work. Okay, like that. Okay. She had her own shit. She was doing her own shit. Okay. But it's it's to me it's like this to me when it comes to just just era of adult film. Because I came into business in 2006, I've seen how the business changed. To me, I, t- I said this, it's normalized to watch porn now, mm-hmm. but still not normalized for people to be in it, you know, mm-hmm. period. And because they normalized it, it made it people think it's easy to get into. That's one thing I can see and say when it comes to uh, the stripping. <laughs> yeah. They were dancing. They they try to make it normalized, but not compared to that of porn. And, I, and, and what really made it normalized was OnlyFans. Because I'm sorry, we have never had a site in the history of this business that had the attention of mainstream like that of OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it was almost acceptable to have a fans-only account. Up until yeah. fans-only decided to burn their girls. Oh, well, they're entertainers. <sighs> I hated that. Yeah. Hated that. Oh, but see, the beauty of it is they found out with the content creator that the money going to follow them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because so many subscribers was getting off the platform. That's why they shut it down. That's why they had to stop it. They had to kill the bleeding because... And right right there is an example for, you know, people who are content creators on that site. Don't keep all of your eggs in one basket. Uh, mm-hmm. Learn how to build a website, have your own paywall, you know, be able to make something that you can send off to people if fans only decides to remove because they said, we're not going to do that right now. But yeah, they still, they still left that door open for for in the in the future. And and any any good, reasonable content creator is keeping all that beautiful curated content and and they're thinking about the next step or they should be thinking about the next step mm-hmm. yeah because when i heard that miss b nasty was at the exotic in miami i said well i'll be damned the queen of only fans actually start to move like a porn star now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which which made me which made me feel good because see part of me why i did this podcast is to educate right you know, period. You're just like you to educate people about strippers to to the strip life. Same thing with what I do for this, you know, period, for the porn side. Because I have dudes, which I'm pretty sure you have people that might come into your ask how to get into stripping. Mm-hmm. I have dudes that come into me asking, you know, how do I get in porn? And we both can say this now. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with... No, go ahead. It's like having a friend in the in the business. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, because we because we didn't have this. 
We didn't have right. podcasts. Right. You know, we have things because when it comes to sex work, there is no literature in the world you can read to tell you how to be a successful stripper, no. porn star, cam, none of that. Yeah, We don't have that. Now, if you want to be a, a rapper, there's books for that. You want to be an author, there's books for that. YouTube videos for that. Even if you want to be a podcast, they got YouTube videos for that shit. I didn't watch it for you. You know, period, so... So shoot, and y'all do video as well, video part as well. I think y'all have a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, we just we started it and we stopped it and we started it. So um, season three, it's lively. So we're okay. trying to do Twitter Spaces. We're trying to do uh, we're, we're trying to to see, like throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. And so. <laughs> And so, so season three, we've got the, we've got the new mics. We've got a camera yeah. set up. Um, I'm currently working on editing the video for se- for episode two, which mm. should be out sometime this week. Audio mm. obviously is easier than video and it's, it's still, it's not an easy process. And especially for, for ladies or, or content creators that are, are looking to be in podcasting, it does take a lot of work. And and yeah. just like just like any craft, you have to work on it and you have to build it. Because I know you didn't dealt with this. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, she 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 she, she, she probably know what I'm about to say before I can even say it. Yes, podcast fatigue like a motherfucker. Like some days yeah. I don't even feel like recording. I don't feel like doing the interview. But right. then as soon as I hear that person's voice, I pep up. But well, you, yes, you gotta, you gotta enjoy what you love, and and yeah, the fatigue hits, and and also the over analyzing everything that hits a yes. lot of people, and then they then they they kill it before they start. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm because I'm over analyzing the subscription on Anchor. Mm-hmm. You know they stay because on Anchor now they 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 and Spotify you can actually charge subscriptions for bonus content or exclusive content, whatever now for a podcast. And, and I was like, and I've been, I I already set it up, but it's kind of like my brain won't let me leave it alone. Cause it's like, will people pay for the extra content? And not only that, not even really the pay part. It's, I know that I'm these shows is going to be fire and they ain't going to hear it unless they pay for it. And I want people to hear it. So what you got to do is, so we've had a nice, easygoing rec- record, you know, recording time, right? We, we've had a good show so far. Now you mm-hmm. would be like, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a little bit deeper with my guest, we're going to go over to this pay side now, and then you're going to take it up a notch. You're going to, you're going to ask them a little bit more spicier questions. You're going to. You're gonna dig a little deeper into that person's background. Maybe you're gonna ask them like things you, you haven't asked me, like what's my favorite mm. sex position? And you're just gonna mm. you're just gonna deeper inside the lounge, and you're gonna give the people that are listening in for this for this amount of time, and you're gonna you're kind of you're gonna give give them a little bit more of a VIP treatment behind the curtain. I wish you could see my face right now because people, <laughs> guess what? She just made the case of why she'll be coming back to the show. <laughs> for 
for, for, for the premium episode. See, because I was already going to ask her. <laughs> I was going to ask her to be a smoke buddy. And I told her I was going to, you know, ask her to come back and, you know, do a couple more shows with me. So she already made the case for it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, yeah, because what I do is, like, the girls I interview, if they down for coming back, I bring them back as smokes buddies. And we do episodes or what have you. And like I said, the since they just started subscription, now I'm starting to formulate the content for that, you right. know, period. And it's just like people don't realize podcasting is really adjusting on the mm-hmm. and also finding your stride, mm-hmm. you know, period. And also finding what your fan base is really liking and stuff you know now i'm pretty sure y'all pay attention to numbers a little bit heavier than me because y'all do more numbers so so how much do you look at the numbers you and and jay look at the numbers Uh, it depends well at first when we release an episode we care about those first two days and then afterwards we don't really care where we we want to know what happens the day that it releases and the day that's following Mm-hmm. And then um, if the numbers drop, like yesterday was one of my lowest days of the week. So oh. on that, I I tend to add like an, an audiogram or a video commercial or mm. I, I try and gauge a little bit more of my audience with not just the normal, hey, yeah. did you check out my podcast? I'm, I'm giving them a mm-hmm. clip from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause I be doing. See, I be doing the same thing. I be doing it with the audio clips, the audio yeah. video clips, and so I've been putting them everywhere, even the clapper. To everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Facebook. Everywhere. And, stuff. and um, I even got the stuff on YouTube, which I don't care about YouTube so much because it's YouTube. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's YouTube. That's, <laughs> that's it's, it's YouTube. Yeah, um, with YouTube, it's you gotta you've got to get to so many episodes on YouTube, and you have it's it's an even smaller following. It mm. it takes it it's not high priority. The Have, podcast you is check out X- <laughs> for your video. Check out XBS TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, cause I put myself up there and nice. stuff, and uh, it's it's through XBS. And it's like a YouTube, but it's XPs. Nice. So you know what I'm saying, yeah. So, so like, yeah. Is that what I also love about the community? You can tell, you, help each other out. She then gave me some knowledge. I gave her some knowledge. Jesus, it, mm-hmm. I know I want you back on the show for sure. <laughs> I can't wait. We meet face to face one day. <laughs> so, but like I said, I mean, um, so sure, I even started breaking the merchandise a little bit. So it's it's kind of like like I said, it's just watching other podcasters, even watching you, how you and Jay move, you know, and learning the business. Because sometimes you got to learn your business from your from, peers. From, from, yeah. from your peers, most definitely, you know. Yeah. And um, and I've been waiting to collab with another podcast. So you're the first podcast I collab with. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of wonderful podcasts out there. <laughs> amazing life. Yes, I done collab with Next stage one, Pixie, yay! <laughs> oh my god, you you just don't know how happy it made me feel out of the streets. So so you don't strip anymore. So you done no, with it? 
I'm retired. I got my first tattoo like two weeks ago. So mm. I am done showing my body for money. Now I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> Do you have not, how can I put this? Like with me, I miss it. And when I look at it on Twitter, because unfortunately my Twitter page is pouring up like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Do you ever miss? I do miss it. Um, I miss I miss the money. That's a that's a huge thing. I'll never get the money that I made in my twenties ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I miss it because I miss my friends. I miss hanging out with those people because it it was a gathering. I don't drink anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't big into drugs. Um, it. It was just a lifestyle that was so much fun. And in it just, it, it brings a lot of memories back. So, and that's what I'm trying to build with the podcasting thing. Now I'm hanging out with new friends and telling my old stories and it just feels right. See them talking about, yeah, cause with me, it's like, even if someone asked me to come out of retirement, it's like the mental preparation that I had to do for a shoot, I ain't gonna feel like going through no more. <laughs> yeah. because people realize even with strippers and, and, and porn stars it's a mental preparation for you actually step on that stage or get, in from, get on that set because you're performing you got you remember your routine with with talent you got to remember angles and stuff like that speak to the mental preparation that you had to do before you got on stage oh man uh most of the time it would it would be warming and walking around in the heels making sure like the outfit was ready making sure that my song was prepared making sure that like i was in the headset because if if you ever hear people talk about like public speaking they're like i want you to imagine just imagine imagine everybody in their underwear but instead, you're on stage in your underwear, and mm-hmm. you're you're trying. It, it's total role reversal, and you sort of have to own it and dominate and and take mm-hmm. over in this mental in this mental space that not not anybody can achieve. It's yeah. not for everybody, and it you know not everybody can can be on video. Not everybody can be on stage, and those mm-hmm. people that can do it. They have a mental fortitude that mm-hmm. that's unparalleled in in any industry, and that's yeah. that's really how I try and think about it when when I used to get prepared for it. So now I do that yeah. for podcasting. Yeah, I'm about to ask you how that transitions to podcast. It does. It totally does. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I had to smoke a blunt. Yeah, I got to listen to some R and B music. You know what I'm saying? To get myself in the right mind frame or what have you. You know, always, even it, like just like with porn, I used to imagine the scene, how it supposed to go, how I wanted it mm-hmm. to go, what positions I wanted. With podcasts, where I want the conversation to go, what, what I want to say. Even right now, and I know you're doing it too. You're thinking, at the same time, I'm thinking like, okay, what he going to say next? Okay, what I'm going to say when he says this. But <laughs> it's mental chess. Yes. It's merely mental chest, you know, period. And you want that like raw, like like conversation between people, and you don't want it to feel like it's scripted. Yeah. 
because that will bore the fans to death. <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> Is it? And then I'm gonna tell you what's funny. I got an email and somebody hit me and said, "Okay, we talk about porn, but we want to hear the social. You used to talk about the social stuff." I was like, "And the celebrity stuff." I was like, "Oh, now y'all want me to talk about it?" <laughs> so now I got to look these fuckers up and see what's going on. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know. I don't. I don't know who your target demographic is, but yeah, some, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to sprinkle in what works, and then you got to, yeah. like you were saying, you got to experiment with the new stuff, and yeah. and when you get feedback, feedback is always good. I love it when people yeah. give me lip service and they tell another friend about the podcast. Oh yeah, because even to me, I already knew walking in, my podcast is going to be mostly men are going to listen to it. Because of what I'm talking about, because mm-hmm. I because I don't think that I talk about anything that women would necessarily listen to, but so much, you know. Period. But I see that the women the, the women listenership is going up. It you know it, it went up a couple percentages. I'm I'm kind of happy. <laughs> I'm getting some skirts. I'm getting some skirts a little bit, you know. No period. But um, but to me, that, my my ultimate goal is that I hope that like. Because it's funny, it's always a running joke when people say this because of the title of the podcast. No, this is not a podcast about weed. <laughs> I'm saying smoke this over as in think this over, you know, right. period. And it was funny because even when I was walking out of my T-shirt, a guy stopped me and said, do you sell weed? I said, no, this is a podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, right. And two, I did this right outside the smoke shop this hell outside like you could have just pulled me just told me to come here man (laughs) that's when you hand them a business card and you say we'll smoke this over (laughs) oh yeah most definitely most definitely so tell everybody where they can find pixie where they can listen to these wonderful podcasts of yours well you can find me and mr j next on stage one we're on apple spotify iHeartRadio. We're even on Google, so if you <coughs> click clack it in there, you can find me because I'm a social media menace. I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, we release one new episode every week. Uh, today is Monday, so <coughs> sometime as this recording from the past, we're telling you, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> every Monday there's going to be a new episode. Um, we're right on into season three, and we are getting down and dirty. Oh, most definitely. And you said you have a project coming. Do you want to tell the people about the project? Or you well, kind of keep down the wraps? So the project that I'm doing is actually for other podcasters. Since, okay. uh, you know, since you're my friend on Twitter, which is next on stage one. Um, mm-hmm. I do a project podcast with Pixie every Wednesday where I bring other podcasters in and have like a deep dive discussion where we ask each other <coughs> things like, how to do podcast recommendations, how to increase your listenership, how to talk to other people, how to find the perfect guest, and how to know when that podcast is not for you. Um, you know, those things that podcasters don't really get to to talk to. When I say about building the community, that's what we're trying to do. See, and that's why I wanted to do an interview with her, because we're on the same page. <laughs> We're trying to kill misconceptions of our business. Yes. We're trying to screw you people up about our business yes. and make you respect the people 
in the business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so with that being said, I definitely want you to come back if you're willing. Yeah. And I would love this... to be on your, show, on your show. We don't uh we don't do interviews on the show unless you live in Denver. Because yeah. Mr. J doesn't have um internet set up. Okay. <clears throat> so it's it's if you're ever in Denver, hit us up and we'll bring you on the show. Oh, I plan to go to Denver because I plan to get some <laughs> of that good smoke that y'all have there. Cause my nephew told me about the weed there and I said, Yeah, I need to go to Denver. It'd be just it's, for a week. The the Denver weed is nice. It's you're gonna get better stuff from um homegrown without Ooh. the taxes. So uh yeah. I'm just saying support your local individual. Uh, before you support a big box business. Yes, because we have not gotten <laughs> legal here. So I still call the street the street pharmacist mm-hmm. to, to get to get my medicine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shouts out to the street pharmacists across the world that's listening to this podcast. Shouts out to England. Shouts out to Russia. And, and, and shouts out to Germany. Since I see I'm getting fans now. Shouts out to y'all. And um, like I said, I definitely want to bring you back for some more episodes, most definitely. You know, period. Mm-hmm. And I would absolutely have to make a trip to Denver so I could be on y'all show. You know, absolutely. Period. No doubt. So, people, you know how we end this? Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? You didn't learn anything. Smoke that over. Thank you for coming to the lounge, baby. Thank you.